We are Talking Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard and it is time to get our weekly market update with Henry Jennings. So, Henry. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm all right. Are you virus safe down there, Henry? Um, I think so. Yeah, yes. it's hard to tell, isn't it? But, yes, um, and, uh, in theory, in we theory, are. In theory, so, in the northern I, I have to say, I'm a, I'm a grumpy old bugger anyway, so I try and keep away from most people. So. <laughs> It really hasn't affected me I'm too much. In fact, it's actually been quite nice to have, have an excuse. If you don't want to do something social, instead of saying, you know, well, my wife's double booked us or triple booked us, which is the normal one, you just say, oh, no, look, mate, we're just isolating at the moment. We're just taking well, it easy. Well, Henry, we like you, but we're very grateful this is over the phone, we'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've had a case up at uh, Port Stephens that seems to have spread to three or four up to now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, was, I was actually listening to uh, the ABC News this morning. It, they were saying that the WHO was talking that flu deaths this year have absolutely collapsed. I think last year they were. It was a bad year for f- people dying from ordinary influenza. I think it was about four hundred and thirty. This year it's it's down to. Um, well, there is that, but let's move on to AMP and we've got more staff leaving. So this big exodus of staff at AMP, so, so what's, what's happening there? Um, well, there's trouble at Mill, I think, is the, uh, is the, uh, the, the thing. Um, there's a new man at the helm, Bo Pahari, yes. and uh, with a new broom, there is always some sweepage that goes on. Um, if, if you're going to be the king, you've got to kill the king. Yes. Um, and um, so it's kind of out with the old and you surround yourself with your own posse of people that provide uh, particular um, skills and experience that you know and like. So um, I think that's really what's happening at the moment. We've seen uh, Carmel uh, Hurrigan leave. Uh, she was the global head of property. Um, and there's been another a couple as well. So there's, a, there's a, I think, three or four senior execs that have gone. Um, it's kind of normal operating procedure, I guess. Uh, happens at banks all the time. They shuffle the decks. Mm-hmm. You, get a, you get a new chief come comes in to, uh, to surround himself with his own acolytes, and those always sort of, they tend to pop up at other banks, and so the rotation goes on. Yeah, they just don't usually make the front page of the financial review. No, well, I guess the AMP is a nice, easy target, isn't it? And also, yep. um, the new head of uh, AMP Capital has had a few um, allegations against him in the past on on, on some uh, some issues. So I think that um, that helps him get on the front page. But the back page says he's going to make a lot of money for the AMP. So, so that's well. What... Someone needs to. Yes, that's right. Pra- pragmatism will. Uh, will Yes. And uh, over at Cromwell, they're, they're, uh, I don't know who's fighting who up there. There seems to be... Everyone's in the battle up there. Uh, well, yeah, it's a, bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a mud fight at the moment. The, uh, there's a company called uh, ARA Real Estate, which is bidding for... Uh, they're doing what they call a proportional off-market takeover bid. So they want to acquire 29% of uh, Cromwell that it does not already own. So that's all well and good, but the basis that um, they're acquiring them is, is not really very generous. They're only um, offering around 88.125 cents, and um, it's yeah, it's not um, it's not really that um, that fair to shareholders is the argument from Cromwell, seeing as they're saying that the assets are worth more than that, um, and um, as such, and the stock's trading at 90 cents. 
so the ARA is not going to get it at the moment anyway. So um, they were going to have to um, they're going to have to pay up. I'd imagine the Cromwell's NTA is a dollar and four cents according to Cromwell. Um, but um, yeah, so they're going to have to pay up. I think that's mm. what the market thinks. But it's it's always good. There does seem to be a few. Um, fights going on and a few bits of M&A activity happening in the REITs at the moment. So I guess there's um, the strong are going to try and pick off the weak, use this coronavirus, the, uh, the current crisis to pick off some of their competitors, pick off the weak and use their stronger balance sheets to, uh, to expand their business or acquisitions. And this, this one's a bit of a sneaky one, though, this proportional takeover bid. Um, mm. so, yeah, it's not being met with, uh, with much um, happiness and joy from the Cromwell board, that's for sure. And uh, a bit of happiness and joy from Baby Bunting, a retailer whose profits... Uh, <laughs> a- and they're going to open more stores. I wonder why. <laughs> What's everyone well, doing during well, COVID? I never thought of trust no. you. Well, this, right? exactly this was exactly my point. Um, we were doing a, a chat on uh, the call on Ausbiz the other day and Baby Bunting was the stock of the day. And I made the point that once the Netflix subscription runs out, <laughs> you've seen everything. Um, then uh, what else do you do? And we, we would expect some sort of baby boom in around uh, six months' time, I guess, in terms of uh, the lockdowns. Maybe Victoria's going to be slightly staggered and have a bit of a seasonally adjusted uh, baby boom. But the, the great thing about baby bunting, apart from the fact that it's a, a retail killer, category killer, because it, it has a pretty great monopoly on that, on that business, segment, um, they, they've seen off a lot of their competition. A lot of their competition has gone to the wall, and uh, these guys have emerged bigger, stronger. They're opening new stores. There's clearly online as well that they can uh, they can go towards. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good story. The market likes a good retail story, and there are a few out there. You look at something like... Um, Actually, I suppose it's somewhat ironic, the, the reject shop. So they, yep. they've got uh, another good retail story as people have gone in for their hand sanitizer and their toilet rolls and all their cleaning products at cheap discounted mm-hmm. prices. So they've been absolutely booming. Yes. Um, the same as Baby Bunting has. So you know what, what's, what's happening in this COVID world is that we are seeing some businesses that are actually uh, get the COVID tick of approval in some respects and they've actually done so well and it's been a massive trigger and acceleration of their business models. Stephen, speaking about uh, baby bunting and, and their profits booming, I've watched Tiger King three times now on Netflix, so I wonder if you I'm trying sad. to put off the uh, the inevitable. Well, uh, I had a coffee with someone yesterday and, and he said, how many subscriptions do you think I've got? I said, oh, I don't know, but you seem to have a lot. And we worked out, he's got over 20 subscriptions to all oh. this online stuff. Oh my goodness. Oh, all those streaming services and news Papers and I said, How do you read all that? He says, I don't, that's what I'm canceling them all. And uh, another oil company's uh, had a uh, what, what was that term you used the other day? Non cash write down of uh, $1.1 billion. This is where we start playing Queen, another one bites the dust, isn't it? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, a billion here, a billion yeah, there. That's non cash. Pretty, pretty soon it gets up to be you know, real money. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these oil companies are doing this. That All their models are, you know, they're based on $60 plus oil. And, of course, oil is nowhere near that at the moment. It's $40 oil um, and it has been lower. So uh, a lot of them have uh, had to had write-downs in their asset valuations. They call them non-cash um, because they don't actually affect the business, just the value of uh, mm-hmm. those assets. But they, you think they do really um, affect the business. 
So, um, yeah, it's. I think the stock actually went up on the day they announced it. I think it was up around 3% uh, on the day they announced it. So they're not alone. BP, Shell, they've yep. all done it. They've all had to do it. It's, uh, it's no mark of shame, if you like, uh, to be writing off money. Uh, when the the, uh, the model says that the asset price that you're putting into it is going to be wrong, mm. so um, it, it will be more and more. It's non-cash, so uh, whatever that means. I'm, I'd like to, like to be able to do my own non-cash write down mm. to some of my assets, but uh, that doesn't seem to happen. In I'd rather life. write down my liabilities for non-cash. Well, uh, that's true. That's yes. true. Can uh, we do that, Stephen? You're uh, an accountant. You should. We could if we could find someone who'd agree to it. Yes, and Vale, which is the uh, big iron ore producer, or was the big iron producer in Brazil before they had a few uh, yeah. problems, including the coronavirus, which is which is one of the reasons why the iron ore price is so high. Um, and now saying that the iron ore virus, uh, the sorry. The coronavirus has peaked in Brazil and they're confident of increasing their exports over the next six months. Well, of course, that's going to... Good luck with that. Yeah, well, it's going to flow through <laughs> to the, the iron ore price and BHP announced this week increased dividends, I think. So uh, yeah. how's that all going to wash out here, did you think? Well, you know, the iron ore price is as strong as 10 men, 110, 111 mm-hmm. bucks US a tonne. It has been phenomenally steady throughout this whole crisis. China seems to have an insatiable appetite, which it seems that only we can provide. I'm sure, you know, given the current climate of us and China, um, they would love to go elsewhere. But the sad fact is for China is that they have been pushed over a barrel and um, Brazil is just not going to be able to deliver, even if, um, you know, they haven't even got through the first wave yet, mm-hmm. let alone the second wave. I think um, I think their president's now been tested three times and three times come back positive. So uh, Vale still has problems. They had problems before Corona. Uh, I don't think you know. It was a mine collapse or something, wasn't it? Well, they had the dam yeah. collapses and all sorts of issues that uh, that have surrounded um, their, their production. So court orders and you know and mines getting shut down. So th- this iron ore price is going to stay pretty solid, thankfully for some time to come because it's, I guess, it's one of the few bright spots in the economy. And after today's announcement about the, um, the budget deficit, which is heading towards a trillion dollars in, in big money terms, that's, that's quite a lot of money, seeing as uh, we're supposed to have, um, you know, a, a, a responsible economic manager of the economy. I know that COVID can't be helped, and they've spent a lot on that, but still, it was heading in the wrong direction to begin with. So I think 185 was the big billion-dollar figure that uh, has now been bandied around. So uh, as far as the deficit next year is concerned, that's that's quite a big uh, chunk of change. Big number, far bigger. Well, than big, your big numbers. Yeah, we we kind of get immune to big numbers after a while. I think um, Joseph Stalin talked about one one death is a tragedy and a million deaths is a statistic, and that's the same goes for numbers with uh, money. Yes, and then Downer's going to have another rights issue. This is the second round, sorry, an entitlement issue. This is the second round of uh, capital raisings here, $400 million thereafter. Yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing a little bit of uh, round two happening in rights issues across the board. Downer, clearly one of those. Of course, they bought um, Spotless, um, which hasn't been that spotless mm-hmm. because of um, the coronavirus. That's really hurt them. Uh, you'd like to think that uh, the worst has passed, and uh, certainly the stock market thinks 
last round of capital raisings for them at least is a step in the right direction, shores up that balance sheet and puts them back on track. But we are seeing this in a number of companies, and I suspect we're going to see this accompanying reporting season, which is which is very closely upon us, Stephen. It's going to be an interesting one, this one. Yes, I was thinking that, yes. Mm, it's, it's funny. I, I wrote this morning that it's a bit like um, having all your Christmas presents under the tree and you're waiting to open them and you can't wait for those surprises and there will be some surprises. But the dog's been nibbling at the paper. Yes. Because of this yes. continuous disclosure, we kind of got a clue as to what's going to happen. And um, the, the big pass in the corner that looks like a bike is probably going to be a bike. And um, it's... I'm not sure there's going to be quite as many surprises as previous years because of continuous disclosure, because of coronavirus has made everyone, you know, update the business and quarterlies, etc., etc., etc. Everyone's been very open about the problems. So it could be an interesting reporting season this year. Yes, well, we'll wait and see. It should be. We should might have some early reports next week, actually. Very good. That's Henry Jennings there. He's got away with words. I've never considered talking about finances the same oh, as opening no, up a no. Christmas present. Henry you know? is extraordinary like that. Stephen, looking at buying your first home, I guess let's start with what can we get? Yeah, <laughs> to buy I mean, our first a, home? at the moment, I was, I was, there was a, um, there's one, two, three, uh, four different schemes on offer at the moment that, that will give you various concessions for various things for buying a first home and, and they've got different qualifying criteria of course it's nothing's ever easy someone no. said that um, and so we might just run through some of yeah. these and see how we go so um, there's the first home buyers assistance scheme so this is a New South Wales scheme and the it provides a full or partial exemption for stamp duty on the purchase you first because that can be a bit of a killer the stamp duty when you go oh i've got to pay stamp well i'm duty. just looking at the rates here you know um you know on a seven hundred seventy thousand rate the the discount stamp duty amounts twenty five thousand one hundred ninety. so that's huge that's amounts a, of money. that is a huge amount so that you can in, of money. inject back into the home mm. loan that's right so to be eligible, you in New South Wales, to be eligible, because it varies from state to state, um, you have to buy your, it has to be for your first home. Okay. And it has to be a value of no less than $800,000. So that's the first heap you've got to get no through. No more than. Sorry, no. No, no more. more. I was going to say, no, no less. More, no who, who can afford that with their first home? You. Oh, get out. Okay, so, sorry, Jane, serious picks up. So, first time, no more than 800000 Um You must, and so there's a bit of further qualification on this. To qualify as a first home buyer, you must be purchasing your first home or your spouse. Neither of you can have owned a house before. Okay, so if I've never owned a home and uh, you have and we get, we're moving in together, I don't qualify because you've owned a home. Yes, generally, but of course there's exemptions. Yeah, which loopholes. Are, yeah, you need to go and look yeah. at these exemptions and okay. all these things. You need to go and look at the final, the far, the the actual criteria, um, or ring up the the government body to concern. Read before. the fine print. Yeah, and and yeah, because sometimes you qualify and they don't. So um, then then there's this other qualification here. Um, you must also move into the property within 12 months of buying it, mm. and you must live there for at least six continuous months. Yeah. So you, you you can't buy this and try and get this exemption for an investment property yes. because you actually have to live in the house. Okay. Um, and then this grant is only available to Australia 
Australian citizens or permanent residents of Australia assistance, and you must be at least 18 years old. Okay. So, so what this basically means is that if your house is if your house is um, less than six hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars, there's no stamp duty at all payable on that. Excellent. 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 Which so. would be, you'd think, the majority um, or a big portion of first home buyers. A big would portion be in of first that, home buyers in, in this area. Yeah. In this yep. area. Okay. Maybe a, bit, maybe a lot in Sydney don't qualify, but in this area, you would have thought that that's okay. Um, so then there's also a separate amount that applies to blocks of land. Um, so if you're buying a block of land, um, the block of land has to be up to $350,000. There's no um, stamp duty payable on that, and you still meet the other criteria about the um, first first block of land. Okay. Yep. And between three hundred and four hundred and fifty thousand for a block of land, um, there's no, a concessional stamp duty on that. So once again, the first home buyer, um, three hundred fifty thousand is probably um, a block of land in a typical state where first home owners would buy. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and so that kind of covers off on the New South Wales um, stamp duty concessions. And then there's the first home owner grant, and this is for a new home. So you have to be buying or building your first home. Right. Um, it's a new home that no one has lived in before, and it can't be worth more than 750000 Right. Okay, so, so there's a bit of different qualifying criteria in here. Um, to qualify, you must be purchasing your first home or your or, or your or your spouse's first home co-owned. And you must move into the property again well, within yeah, 12 or months. Yeah, you must live in the property in 12 months and you must be at six continuous. So they're fairly similar schemes, although this is a brand new house that you, you're either purchasing house. or building. And this is actually a cash um, cash. $10,000. Okay, they give you $10,000 to put yes, towards it. Yes. So, for example, you can combine these schemes as well. So, if you if you if you're getting a a new house with the stamp duty exemption, so if you go and buy a um a house that no one's lived in a, you know, typical housing land package, yep. You can then also get the grant as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so you can yeah. combine that. All right. Brilliant. And then there's the home builder one. Now this has got a this has got a time limit one on this. Okay. So the home builders for eligible homeowners, um, including the first home buyers. So this one doesn't have to be new. Will we'll grant um, twenty five thousand to build a new home or substantially renovate an existing home. Ah, oh, okay. I didn't know you could do that if you were renovating as well. I thought it was yes. purely for a new. Build. No, this is the one that was. This was one last December, I think. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so it lasts up to the 31st of December. So the contract has to be signed between the 4th of June 2020 and the 31st of December 2020 and where the construction or renovation commences within three months of the contract date. Okay. Yep. So if you're going to So buy, March next year you yeah, need to be starting to build. Yes. Yeah, so if you're going to buy a house... Remember in mind, you really haven't got that much because you've got to select the select the house. And if you're going to build a new one, you've got to get the DA through council. Mm. You've got to get the builder out on site, digging up the dirt. So there's not really a lot of time there. Uh, renovations, probably slightly simpler, yeah. um, but you need to go to the council and get DA approval. Um, 
Now, this this is a this is a Commonwealth scheme as well, and you can get further information on that. Then there is also the the as he as he turns his first pages. home loan deposit scheme. Okay. Right. So the first home loan deposit scheme, and what 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 this basically does is. Um, Similar criteria, when you go to the building society or your credit union or your bank, which are the major home lenders in Australia still, traditionally, um, if you borrowed more than 80% of the money, you um, were required to pay mortgage insurance. Now, mortgage insurance can be quite expensive because it's basically a formula. Um, they apply about the amount of money over 80% and um, there's a percentage that's you know, thousands of dollars that cannot be so what what this what this this has got slightly different eligibility criteria of course so the Commonwealth government is going to pick up the mortgage insurance um, so your deposit goes from 80 percent to five percent if you if you've got um, wonderful yeah so on a million dollar house you only need Sorry, you can only get seven hundred thousand dollars. So okay. on a seven hundred thousand dollars house, you now need a deposit of thirty five thousand, whereas before you would have needed um, one hundred and forty thousand to avoid mortgage there. insurance. Yeah. So uh, the Commonwealth guarantees the 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 first home buyer for up to twenty percent of the money, so that avoids mortgage insurance. Um, you can still get the other concessions as well. So you need to sit down and work out which ones you're eligible for. Now, there's certain other different things on this one. So you must be over 18, which is pretty much standard. Now, you must be any an individual with your spouse or partner. So you cannot be, which some of the others will let you be, it cannot be your brother and sister. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, All and right. it can't be, say... Your mother and yeah, going children, in with or the, the yeah. dad and the yeah. children, or yeah. So they have to be um, uh, um, some kind of spouse or a single person, and it's also income tested. Um, so it's one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars for a single person, and two hundred thousand dollars for um, couples or. Okay, so there's some good government assistance schemes around at the moment. So yeah, and, best to and look you have into. to live in this one as well. And now we're sort of having a look at how you go about getting, getting prepared. Yeah. yeah, just on those government assistance schemes, we, we had a quick two in the break. Um, just because you qualify one doesn't mean you qualify, don't qualify for some of the others. So provided you meet the qualification tests for each particular one, and they're all slightly different, you can get multiple um, grants or assistance. So and that's you can get, great. And I so could imagine a lot of people don't realise that. You Ma- sort most of people would qualify for two just looking at that. Yeah. Most people around here would qualify for at least two. Okay. Yeah. So make sure you, you look at all the options. Yeah. And they're state and Commonwealth as well. So Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, so we, on our $700,000 house, we've still got to come up with um, – 35000 and assuming we don't have to pay stamp duty, so you've only needed your $35,000 to get into the house now. Um, so we've still got to get there. So yes. we go back to how do we get the 35000 So So um, you need to create a budget to save some money. And as we said before, um, um, you know, put the money aside first, pay yourself first and spend what's left. And most people do the other way around, spend all the money and save what's left and there's nothing 
There's nothing left. We go through it all. That's right. And as a, as a famous judge said in a recent court case, um, I may have wagyu every wagyu every night with um, washed down with the finest Shiraz. But if I want a home, I can cut back on that. <laughs> Fair enough, too. Classic and Westwick case, yes. Yep. Yeah, so you'll be uh, getting the offcuts and making stew, but hey, you'll have your first home. Yeah, and you'll have to you'll have to drink rough red instead of the finer shirts. Yeah. So basically that goes to say, you know, you need to cut back to, to save this $35,000. Um, what amount you need to borrow, you need to look at um, what amount you need to borrow. So if you, you've... you've You've got your thirty-five thousand, so that means you're going to have to borrow six hundred and sixty-five thousand. Um, go to one of the bank's um, calculators, work out um, how much is your loan repayments have gone. All the banks have got kind of calculators of, and you can shop around there as well. You, they've all got their own calculators. Yeah. Jump on, see what interest rates are out there, and what suits you. Now, invariably, I've found that the calculators will give you a higher repayment than the actual repayment. Um, because okay, because they, they build a bit of buffering. So, um, yeah, if you can afford afford those repayments, um, you're halfway there. And it, particularly if you're renting, it seems that with the lower interest rates now, um, the, the, the repayments have dropped down considerably. I was going to say, Stephen, I guess a lot of people do go off what they're already paying for rent as well. That gives you an idea mm-hmm. whether you're, you're struggling to get that each week or whether you've got leftovers after that, and that sort of gives you an idea. And of some of the more pay. sophisticated calculators we actually work reverse. We'll let you put in the amount you can afford and we'll calculate how much you can borrow instead of... Okay, that's good too. Yep, that's really good. So you're bound to find one that will do the calculations you want. Okay. Okay. Uh, The next thing you need to think about is um, what type of loan you want. You you can get a fixed rate loan, a variable rate loan, or a combination of of both. Okay. Um, um, You know, the Reserve Bank said that you're going to keep interest rates at this level for three years, or they said about six months ago, so two and a half years now, and they've equalised the, the, the uh, cash rate with three-year fixed rate. So just have a look at which one's got the cheapest rate. Remember, if you pay your fixed rate out early and rates have gone down further, you're likely to incur a penalty. So just have a think of that. Okay. And other things, I guess, to consider, whether your job is secure, for example? Whether your job is secure, which... which um, is uh, is uh, the, imp- the lender will want a secure employment? Um, mm. Things are a bit more difficult these days, but uh, but yeah, so that's something important. Um, the type of house you want? Yeah, yep, big, small. Big, how many small, bedrooms? How many bedrooms? The bigger the house, the more expensive. And don't forget, there are other costs. I mean, in the stamp duties, you've got rid of the stamp duty in some cases. You've reduced your deposit. You're still going to be up for your legal fees and your conveyancing fees. You're still going to be up for your pest control. And that's not cheap, your, your pest inspection. Pest and then inspection. ongoing costs as well with yep. the homes. Home insurance, um, your council rates, your water rates, which you're probably not paying if you're renting. And, of course, you'd, you'd already be paying your utilities. And removal costs can be quite expensive if you're going to pay someone to come in and pack your boxes. And Absolutely. Some food for thought there. Well, Stephen Pritchard, it was one Wonderful to have you come in Thursday, Finance. Wonderful to have you back, Sarah. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.